Welcome to Limitless, where we highlight diverse stories from people with various backgrounds through casual conversations. Before we begin, note that these stories do not represent everyone from a single group. Rather, it is only one piece of the whole picture. We hope you enjoyed today's interview. Today, we welcome Asia Lee, a fourth-year medical student from England. We talk about two things. First, on Asia's work in anatomical education. Asia has an initiative called Anatomy, bringing together like-minded students and collaborating with staff members to produce educational content to evoke change in the curriculum. The second thing we talk about is Asia's work in women's health. Asia leads a series called Women's Health Wednesday, where they discuss and educate others on persistent women's health issues. Fun fact about Asia, they have met the princess. This interview is an exciting one. Stick around to learn more. Before we move on with the interview, we just wanted to let you know that our merchandise has already dropped. There are two series, the Speak Free series and Ignite Red series, and you can purchase all of them at thelimitlesspod.com. Thank you. So before we begin, Asia, could you introduce us to you and also some of the works that you've been doing over the past few years? Yeah, so um, currently I'm a fourth year medical student at the University of Nottingham. And the main thing that I kind of do, although I do other bits on the side, is that um, I'm involved in kind of inclusivity, equality, diversity in anatomical education. So I did my dissertation last year. I finished it earlier this year. And um, I just realised that the diversity and the resources that we have wasn't good enough. And I went to some conferences and it felt like the sentiment from students was the same. So um, I put together this initiative called Anatomy and that was in April this year. And we started making blog posts and things. And then we were really lucky in um, October, we got some funding. So it was very funny because it was on kind of the same day I met the Princess of Wales, which is very exciting. Um, So it's two very exciting things happened on the same day. we got some funding so we've um, wrapped up our first round of photography so we just did a shoot yesterday with our second model so as it stands we're going to have about 400 new images to distribute Mm -hmm. but we're working on getting some more funding from some other sources because we want to make sure we have as much representation as possible so at the moment our two models so our first model um was um a curvy model and she also had albinism and then our second model was a black male and um he had a congenital um hip deformity which meant that he only had one leg so they're our first two models but we really want to get um, a trans model so that we have that sort of representation too because that's really lacking in current medical resources so that's where we're at the moment and then some other things i do um I do stuff with Women's Health on my Instagram, uh, Women's Health Wednesday, which will be coming back in the next few weeks. I had exams and then life. <laughs> so because it takes time to like, edit the videos and everything. So I do stuff with Women's Health. I do. I'm always at conferences presenting at those. Um, I also published um, a journal article about well-being in medical school as well. So student-led approaches to that. Yeah, sounds so so interesting. There's definitely a lot to lot to lot to discuss here. Um, I actually, for um, what you said earlier about anatomical education, I just want to clarify for our speakers who might not be so 
um, educated on this topic yet. What do you think the main issues with anatomical education are right now? And could you give us like a few specific examples on that? I know you said earlier about like diversity and, you know, these, are, but could you go into the specifics of that a little bit just for our speakers who, uh, just for our listeners who might not know much about it? Yeah, so I know everyone will be from a medical background. And to be honest, I didn't really consider it that much when I was doing my anatomical teaching. So um, I did it in first and second year of medical school and I'm in fourth year now. Um, and that's when the majority of medical schools have their anatomical teaching. And the way that we do it at the University of Nottingham is that we have um, full body cadaveric dissection. So we people donate their bodies when they die to the medical school and as students, we get to dissect them. And then we also have prosections, which are kind of um, rather than a full body, they're parts of the body that have been dissected by anatomy technicians who are really skilled at doing the dissection. And then we also have something called surface anatomy. So that's the part that I primarily focus on. And surface anatomy is everything that you can see from the outside of the body, basically. And surface anatomy, as well as internal anatomy, are both really, really important because they basically underpin every examination that we do as medical students, as doctors. Without surface anatomy, I wouldn't know where I was going when I'm doing the respiratory examination. You need to know where the lungs are in relation to the outside of the body. So when I did my dissertation, um, I reviewed the surface anatomical images, so images that showed skin for their ethnic diversity. That's what my um, dissertation focused on, was just ethnic inclusivity in the anatomical curriculum. And with regards to ethnicity, it wasn't great. Um, about 80% of images were of light skin tones. So there wasn't that much representation of mid-tone or dark skin tones. And yeah, that really just wasn't good enough. And then when you take it a step further, it's not just ethnicity that's poorly represented. It's a lot of protected characteristics that are poorly represented. So all of the models in the textbooks are probably between, I'd say, like, like early to mid-20s to mid to late 30s. So you haven't really got a wide age range. It's not showing any older people. Um, the only time you really see disabled people are is if we're kind of pointing out their disability. So um, for example, if you saw someone with spina bifida, it would only be talking about it in the context of them having spina bifida rather than just seeing a picture of someone with spina bifida, but not pointing that out, if that makes sense. Hmm. I definitely, um, I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. I think it's so important that we have this inclusivity because like it's not even it goes I think it goes beyond studies and I think it also impacts how healthcare is implemented and you know the future of healthcare and the treatment of people who are not you know light-skinned and it just overall impacts um, a, a person's quality of life and also living so I think it's important to start at you know medical school. Um, Definitely because I think a lot of people think that as future doctors we're taught what everything looks like on everyone and that's really not the case and I think it'd be quite surprising to a lot of people how little variety and diversity there is in the resources. Um, okay just like a follow-up question on that as well uh, could you share some of the specific educational content that our listeners might be able to you know look at or learn about more that um, your your uh, your work has produced currently. 
Yes, so um, we have our website at the moment, which um, I can give you guys access to so people can go and have a look at it. But um, on our website, we have blog posts and our blog posts surround everything to do with inclusivity in medicine. So race-based disparities in um, investigations, in clinical skills models. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but recently there's been some legislation changed by the government, which will affect the way that transgender patients are cared for in the NHS. So we have blog posts about that. And like I said, we are producing these diverse images, but um, it takes some time for those images to get labelled by um, the anatomy staff. So we're hoping to launch those images in around May 2024. So you'll be able to download them and use them either in teaching for your own revision and that sort of thing. So if you want to know when those images go live, it's best to um, keep up to date with us on Instagram at anatomy inclusivity or on my Instagram at Asiany Medic. And then you'll know as soon as we have our launch event and those images go live and you'll be able to use them. But we think once they come, they'll be really great and kind of a breath of fresh air in the resources. It's really the first time I've, I've heard about, you know, the different diversity it has and the problems it's been causing. And I've done a lot of research and you're very right. Um, medical is very inclusive to a specific group of people, whether it's age or, um, you know, specific gender or the race, especially. I was wondering, like, what was your inspiration behind advocating, like, students or medical students or people behind this topic? Um, the reason I started kind of advocating for students to do it, and I am really big on that, is because I, I remember, I can't put it out, someone said that students, like, as students, you're the stakeholders in your education, you know, we pay for our education, we're the ones who are going to be growing up and becoming the next generation of teachers, so it's important that if you see something, that needs changing to try and do it because lots of people, staff members, members of the public, other um, members of institutions will be really behind you and, you know, want to see what you're doing. But unfortunately, you know, once you're a um, staff member, professor, you might not have the time to give to right. these projects, but as a student, you do have a lot more time and you do have power in your voice. And if you are um, enthusiastic about what you want to do, people will get behind you and even if it means sending a million emails to lots of different people which is what I have done um, it's really important to get involved that's what I think at least. Right it's great to hear. Wonderful um, I have one more follow-up question on this as well which is I know you've done like a lot of things already but how do you how do you anticipate or envision this initiative involving in like the long term or in the next couple of years? Yeah. So um, I'm hoping that when we launch the images in May and people can finally see, you know, what we've produced and we can start getting feedback on it. Um, people realize that it's really important so that we'll get more funding because um, that's kind of the biggest barrier to what we can do. We need money to do a lot of things so um if we can get more funding we can just get more and more models you know there's no limit on the amount of models we can have because there's no limit to the amount of diversity that there is in our population everyone deserves to be represented so kind of the more the merrier um you can never have too many diverse images it just means better resources for the students that come after me and i never thought that i'd have the opportunity to actually have a tangible impact on education not just of students at the University of Nottingham but across the country so that's where I see us going in the next few years I hope that um, 
As part of my dissertation, I also created a toolkit for staff members on how to approach ethnic inclusivity in anatomical education. So I'd hope that we could produce some more toolkits and go out to universities and um, work with staff members through those toolkits and um, empower them with the knowledge on how to um, on how to approach protected characteristics, because I do believe in collaboration, whether that be with staff members, other students, anyone really. And that's a big message that I have to, don't be afraid of collaborating with anyone, regardless of, you know, if they've got a million followers, if they've got 10 followers, it really doesn't matter. That shouldn't matter if they've got an idea or something that they want to do and they're enthusiastic and they really are passionate about it then. I think we should all be working together because it's for patients at the end of the day and it's for them to have the best health outcomes possible. Absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. I think I think just working together and not, you know, this is what kind of Limitless is also about. We're trying to, you know, have people come on to our podcast, share their own stories and also be able to get those stories out to the world and to our listeners and to anyone who's listening and who also want to take action on that as well. So definitely, I totally relate to that as well. Um, going back to what you said before in your introduction, you also mentioned how you had another series called Women Health Wednesday. Could you also introduce us to that as well? Yeah, so I started Women's Health Wednesday. I can't remember now when I did. I think it was quite a few months ago. Um, but I started it, I think it was after I did my GP placement, just because I saw a lot of women's health issues and um, it's just something that I found quite interesting. And I think that um, not just women's health, but sexual health in general. And I think once I've kind of moved on from the women's health topics, I will go more broadly to just sexual health. Um, is that it's sometimes really taboo and people don't want to talk about it or people are embarrassed. And, you know, we all have these questions about, well, what is normal vaginal discharge? What does it mean if I have this pain around my period? Am I okay to have sex when I've got pregnant? You know, these sorts of questions that people kind of feel embarrassed to talk about or to answer, um, I answer them <laughs> and I go through them. And I think it's important because I have had people message me saying, oh, I didn't know that's what that was. I've actually been experiencing that too. So it's nice to actually hear that it's you know something not too serious and I think it's just important to spread awareness and education especially things like checking your breasts um that's really important and cervical smears too that's also really important because yeah I did a research project to do with that while I was um in my GP placement and you know 99.8% of cervical cancer cases are preventable in the UK which is crazy considering not everyone uptakes their smear so I think if people knew a bit more about that statistic they'd be a lot more um they'd be a lot more encouraged to go and take up their smear so that's why I try to do it to spread awareness especially I have kind of a younger audience um more people around my age so I get to share it with them too and to encourage them not to be scared worried or embarrassed about talking about their health Right. And honestly, that's great to hear, especially as someone um, who's been starting to learn more about diversity, especially during COVID. I honestly was never able to 
you know, go to a specific person to ask embarrassing questions about, especially periods too, when I first got them. And I definitely thought that was such an embarrassing thing. And honestly, you know, students such as yourself who bring such awareness on sensitive topics that are very important and vital to life. And I honestly think that's very inspirational. And I was hoping to wonder how, what's your approach to go to like the younger generation to spread advocacy on this types of topic as they won't fully understand the importance of the subject yet? I think it's very easy. I mean, I'm getting a bit older now. I'm 22, so I'm not that far away from having my first meter. So um, it's a bit easier to talk to people kind of my age. Um, but I suppose when you're going to be younger to people in high school, I mean, the good thing is um, in the UK, we do have the um, HPV vaccination programme. And for those of you who don't know, HPV stands for human papillomavirus. And that is the, the main cause of cervical cancer. So since the rise of that vaccination, cervical cancer cases are even more decreased. So, you know, maybe it won't be as relevant to talk about smears to people who are that much younger, because hopefully maybe we've even eradicated that cause of cervical cancer. But I still think it's important, you know, like you said, a lot of girls, they go through their periods at really young ages, some girls do, and they might hide it or they might feel ashamed or they might feel embarrassed. And there's nothing to feel embarrassed about because it's a completely natural thing um, that you go through. And I think it's just sharing that with them, people my age. And I think talking about it openly and not talking about it in a way that is embarrassing or that you feel embarrassed I think one of the things we're taught in medical school is you know if you feel awkward and you're showing it it's just going to make your patient feel 10 times more awkward so you can't be awkward about saying you know vagina penis breasts all of those terminology there's nothing embarrassing about saying them and I think sharing that with people is the best way to get them on board and just to talk about their bodies it's just another part of your body so you shouldn't be embarrassed to talk about it. You shouldn't be embarrassed to go to the doctor about it. Um, we're here to help at the end of the day. And, you know, as a medical student, we're there to learn too. Right. I definitely agree with that, especially I feel like spreading awareness just starts by just talking to someone or, you know, telling people the importance of it. So I agree with that. Um, and moving on to a little follow-up question, I was wondering, um, how do you aim to inspire other medical students to evoke the change? So like, especially like, you know, some of your colleagues or um, people you go to medical school? Um, I think part of it is letting go what other people think about you. So mm -hmm. when I, I started my medical Instagram account this year, but part of me wishes that I'd just done it earlier but I didn't because I was embarrassed about what my friends would think or what other people would think thinking it's embarrassing me sharing kind of my story and my journey in med school on social media but yeah I've done it and I'm happy and it makes me happy and I've had a positive reception from it so I think just don't be afraid what other people are going to think if you're doing something because it makes you happy and you're doing it for the right reasons and that's all that matters because the people who don't like it then are the people that you want to entertain and the people who do like it and support you are the people that you want to bring with you along the way. So if you have something that you're passionate, that you really want to talk about, that you really want to share, just do it. And the people who agree with you and who love what you're doing will find you along the way. You shouldn't have to change who you are to cater for a certain audience. Um, just do what you want and do it with love and do it with kindness and I think that's the best way 
to go about it if you really want to see change and if people show that you're really sincere about things then they will respond to that I, know. I think I think as you said you've gotten a lot of you know support and gratitude for what you've been doing but I was also wondering like a personal I guess curiosity of mine is have you ever had any like setbacks or challenges during your advocacy process? Because I know, you know, Women's Health Wednesdays obviously talks a lot about things like periods or like, you know, breasts or vaginas or things like that. Have you ever had anyone be like, um, you shouldn't be talking about this? Or have you any, ha ever had any other challenges related to that as well? So luckily, no, I haven't had anyone say anything to me about it. But I do know kind of platform wise um so this is kind of going back to my anatomical work but um the pictures that we took of our models they're in their underwear it's not you know sexual to be in your underwear it's for education but I shared those photos on LinkedIn and it basically I shadow banned my accounts and no one interacted I don't think anyone saw the post they didn't share it with anyone even though it's just a picture of her, a woman in her underwear and it just goes to show that bodies is like sexualized for no reason when it was for educational purposes so I suppose that's a bit of a barrier um and then when it came to anatomy you know I did apply for the funding and we didn't get it um the first time around we didn't get it even though I thought our project really deserved it but you know sometimes you and that came when we made our application stronger for the next round and um yeah that's kind of how it how it went but no luckily I haven't had anyone kind of come up to me and say I shouldn't be doing that or I always make it very clear that in my videos you know at, at the end of the day I'm a medical student I'm not a doctor so please don't ever take what I say in my videos as medical advice you should always consult your doctor and other resources um, for more information. Okay that's interesting um, as you said like um, when you like didn't get the funding you just made a stronger application and you kind of just moved on and I think that's honestly true you just have to keep moving on especially when you have setbacks so moving on to the positive side what do you think has been your favorite achievement in these processes and your multiple like advocacy platforms and programs um my favorite achievement I think my favorite achievement was when we did our first photo shoot because it actually felt real. We had quite we had some problems leading up to the photo shoot that we thought that we weren't going to get the model there in time. <laughs> so when it actually happened and we put the photos and then we got the edited photos back, I was like, oh my gosh. You know, even if we don't get any more funding, if we don't get else, we've got these photos. So um that was really great. And I suppose I alluded to it in the beginning as well. So um outside of Women's Health Wednesday and Anatomy, I do, um, I'm on the Student Wellbeing Advisory Board. Mm -hmm. So I've been on that for the past year and I'm gonna be on it again for the next academic year. And we basically just discuss everything pertinent to student wellbeing at the university. And as part of that, um, for World Mental Health Day on the 7th of October, um, the day after that, um, I was asked if we would like to go meet to speak to Princess Kate um, okay. about what we were doing with the wellbeing board um so that was a really 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 surreal moment i didn't tell anyone until the morning <laughs> um i was doing it and then i said to my house i was like surprise we're going to meet the princess today um so that was really really cool uh yeah most people can't say that they've met a princess <laughs> and she was very nice um but those are probably my two biggest achievements and i just hope that more are to come Oh, congratulations. 
Wait, tell, us, tell us more about that. I'm so I'm so curious. Wait, you said <laughs> you were on the student well-being advisory board member. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. So um yeah, tell tell us more. How do you how do you like advocate for like students? How do you how do you how do you do all this? How do you get the meet to, <laughs> how do you get to meet the princess? <laughs> um so I was just browsing. We have something called uni temps at my university, which is um, where you find like kind of ad hoc jobs at the uni. And that came up and I thought, well, I'm interested in well-being. Um, I was the president of the welfare hub at my medical school and we produced an article with that. So I thought, you know, it's something I'm interested in. And the medical school sometimes feels quite separate to the rest of the university. So um, I thought maybe I can bring things from the medical school to the meeting and they can tell me more. So we had the meetings and then... I don't know, one day I just got an email. I thought it was spam at first. <laughs> and they were like, um, hi, Asia, would you be interested in sitting down and speaking with the Princess of Wales um, with two of the students just about the work that you do with the Wellbeing Advisory Board? Let me know. Of course, said yes, because he's saying no to that. Um, I was like, yes, of course I will. Like, what do you want me to do? What should I wear? Should I cook? See, should I bat? Like, what should I do? Um, so yeah, we did it and she kind of just asked us questions about what we do and how we advocate for well-being and mental health, um, awareness for students at the university. And she was very, um, you know, really wanted to listen to us and hear what we had to say, which was nice. Wow. That's such a big step going from like, you know, starting out from the base and then suddenly going to the princess and being like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Congratulations. <laughs> And Thank did you have you. to curtsy? No, we didn't. I shook <laughs> her hand and I said, um, what did I say? I, said, I think I said, good morning, your royal highness. <laughs> it's, like, it's all a blur. It went so quickly. I was just there like, hey, look good. Because they have like the press there, photographing us. I did an interview afterwards with ITV News. Um, yeah, it was crazy. It was a very exciting day. Definitely. Okay, before we wrap up this conversation, um, do you have any future plans you could share with us or anything that we could get a little sneak peek on? Anything you can get a sneak peek on? Um, <laughs> well, like I said, we're hoping to get more funding and to take more photos. Um, if you do want to see sneak peeks of the shoots, you can have a look on our Instagram and kind of have a brief overview of what we're doing before the finalized labeled images come out. Um, Anatomy, um, I'm doing a podcast with Anatomy. So um, we've got two episodes filmed already. I'm looking to get some more guests for that. So I'm hoping that will come out in the new year now. Um, so yeah, just keep an eye on our social media channels. I'm always doing something. So just keep an eye out to see what's going on. Sometimes I don't know. I, I apply for things and then I get them like, oh, I forgot about that. So <laughs> um yeah just follow me on instagram to see what's happening because i don't even know at the moment <laughs> wow for sure we'll also keep our listeners posted as well like if anything's like happening well it was like we we talked with asia who's like now now like meeting like the prince or something <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. going for the king next <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um okay do you have any final words of wisdom to people who might also be interested in women's health or anatomical education or anything like that just anyone who's interested um do you have any advice for them yeah 
kind of as I said if you want if you see something that needs changing try to do it because I thought like I said I only created anatomy in April and I thought it was going to be like a year or two before we actually got up and running and it was like six months so um yeah if you see something that you want to do just do it just do it try if you get knocked down keep pushing because it's your enthusiasm at the end of the day that will carry you as far as you can go because if you can be enthusiastic and you can show someone that you're really really interested and passionate about what you're doing no one will be able to stop you and it will get other people involved and other people will be urging you on um so definitely just do it if it seems difficult still do it give it a go and if you fail then that's okay at least you can say you gave it a go but um I think life is too short to just let things not be good enough and to just brush it off because it's too difficult because someone has to do the difficult things to make it a bit easier for the next time absolutely well thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today we're so excited to have you here to all our listeners listening right now we'll also be linking all of Asia's work in the description as well so um yeah just feel free to take a look at them learn more about what Asia's up to next maybe you know maybe Asia's meeting meeting the king next so (laughs) yeah keep an eye out for that um (laughs) don't quote me on that one (laughs) Yeah, I love hearing yeah. your work and how passionate you were. It was very interesting. Very interesting. And Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you.